Welcome back to the latest episode of the So Close Yet So Far podcast. Andrew King here with Zach McVeigh, and the NFL's back. We are through week one of the NFL season. How are you feeling, Zach? Feeling good. You know, we uh, got a lot of good football this weekend. Started out with a uh, really entertaining Cowboys-Bucks uh, game to just kick off the season and then ended the week with a, uh, a crazy overtime Monday night football game uh, with some uh, appearances by the Mannings. That's the broadcast I watched. So uh, overall, just a great weekend. Yeah, and I, we, we can go ahead and jump right in with the first game that opened the season. Um, the Cowboys fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think Cowboys Nation has to be not too upset with the result. The, the Buccaneers win 31-29, closer than expected. Dak is healthy. Dak is back looking like he did before the injury, and I think that's really all that matters for the Cowboys. Yeah, and and that we, we hung with the defending Super Bowl champions. You know, that's uh, it's kind of a moral victory. We didn't get – Cowboy fans have to be okay with that because – Last year we didn't we didn't win many games we didn't get many moral victories so uh, game one I'll take a moral victory and uh, hope for some more wins coming up later in the season. Um, one thing that I liked a lot was uh, I mean obviously Dak but uh, CD got a lot of hype in the camp this year and he showed out had over 100 yards and then Amari Cooper just had a monster game um, 13 catches 139 yards a couple touchdowns so offense looks great. Defense uh, forced a lot of turnovers, and there's a there's some stuff to build off of for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was going to be hard to take down Tampa Bay, especially when obviously you've got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. But for another year, it looks like you've got a pretty darn good Gronk, and then Anthony or not Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown, the Dallas corner, had a <laughs> tough Thursday night because of Antonio Brown. Um, he looks back. We'll see how much because every time Antonio Brown has stepped on the field the last few years, he's been great. But the question is, how long will Antonio Brown be on the field? Um, but he sure looks good, man. Um, and he, he had a really good game. Just that easy explosiveness, the, the separation that you don't really see from many guys. You see from a Deshaun Jackson type guy, but Antonio Brown, he can do it all. It's just can he stay on the field all season? Um, but if he does, Brady's got a bit of an embarrassment of riches um, in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Embarrassment of riches is right. Mike Evans only had 24 yards, and uh, Brady still threw for almost 400 yards. So, really, you can maybe stop one of these guys that he has, but you're not going to stop all, all four of those those studs. And um, he even has Scotty Miller that came on last year. But for the Cowboys, really, the only some of the only concerning things is uh, we lost Gallup for a few weeks. He he got injured, and then uh, Lyle Collins. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened. PEDs. He's going to be gone until at least week seven. So going to be going to be a little bit tough to block Bosa next week. Yeah, and and I saw that because obviously you could say that Greg Zerline is the the reason the Cowboys lost this game. Missed about a thirty five yarder. Missed a PAT. Missed a questionable sixty yard field goal call. Um, when you got a kicker coming off back surgery, but that cost him some points. And so I know the Cowboys did bring in the kicker they had in camp. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, it's it's not going to go well. Um, so we'll see what happens at kicker going forward. As like I said, Greg Zerline is recovering off back surgery. That's a pretty big deal for a kicker. Um, and, and he wasn't great on Thursday. And so hopefully um, their game against the Chargers doesn't come down to a field goal because I don't think <laughs> any Cowboys fans are going to feel too good about Greg Zerline walking out there for the next couple weeks at least. Yeah, man, Greg kicks those knuckleballs. It's not like Justin Tucker who just – once his ball gets on a path, it goes straight. Greg's is wobbling the entire time. You never really know if it's going to go in or out till the very end. 
So he, he exactly. gave me a heart attack. Exactly. And like we've talked about before, I think the, the Cowboys saving grace just might be being in arguably the worst division in football. Um, but we can go ahead and, and use that as a segue into the Sunday games. One team that I was impressed with and one guy spe- specifically was Jalen Hurts um, in the Philadelphia Eagles. They blow out the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta for Arthur Smith's debut as the Falcons head coach. And Jalen Hurts looked really good. He becomes the first player in NFL history to throw for over 1,000 yards and rush for more than 300 over his first five starts. Only two and three in that span. Um, But Jalen Hurts turned a lot of heads over the weekend. Jersey sales were apparently up over 500% um, after the game on Sunday. And so there's some hype in Philly. And I think everyone can kind of agree that they're going as far as Jalen Hurts takes them this year because there's not too much going on with with that roster. Yeah, except Devontae Smith had a solid game. He led the led the team receiving, had a touchdown. Rookie receivers kind of showed out. He and Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle all kind of had pretty solid games. The the guy that was missing was another pass catcher that we all loved was Kyle Pitts. And he didn't he couldn't do much. The entire offense couldn't do very much. Matt Ryan looked looked lost out there. They they just couldn't do anything. Um one of my my uh, main predictions before the season was uh, Calvin Ridley will lead the league in uh, receiving yards. And it, it's looking like that's not going to happen after uh, seeing how the game went uh, on Sunday. Didn't even score a touchdown. Uh, Calvin Ridley had like 45 yards in, in the first two possessions, thought it was going to go great, and then hardly caught a pass the rest of the time. So I don't know what was up with the Falcons offense, but uh, it was not good <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and, and it looks like it could be a continuing trend for Matt Ryan. For now, five, six years removed from his MVP, and every year his yards per attempt is going down and down and down. Um, and only 164 yards on 24, 21 completions on Sunday, only 4.7 yards per attempt. And so that's that's not too great there. Um, not going to cut it. Sir. Yeah, not going to cut it. And so, But they do have the talent. You know, they, they do have Calvin Ridley. They do have Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan isn't you know, a terrible quarterback. And so it'll be interesting to see, but it's the Philly team that isn't one of the stronger teams in the league. Uh, it wasn't a good start to the year for Atlanta at all. And so it, it could yeah. be a long year. could be a long biggest, year. Uh, biggest surprise and maybe the biggest bright spot, but also shows just how uh, weak uh, Atlanta was on offense was a uh, leading rusher was Cordell Patterson with 54 yards, seven attempts, 54 yards. Cordell Patterson is your leading rusher. <laughs> interesting there yeah because i know mike davis is a starter but wide receiver punt returner cordell patterson hey there you go he could be the feature yeah. guy in a rough looking <laughs> atlanta offense this year but moving to what i think was probably the best offensive performance of the day uh i think you've got to give it to kyler murray and the arizona cardinals in terms of statement win against a really really good team i don't know how you can you, you can't you, you can't be impressed with what Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals did going down to Tennessee, a team that they added Julio Jones. You know, that's another team we're talking about of embarrassment of riches on offense and nothing. Five sacks for Chandler Jones, five touchdowns for Kyler Murray. It was the perfect day for the Cardinals. Yeah, they just beat him up offensive, defensively. Um, the Titans defense has been pretty bad for the last couple of years. So you thought that uh, the Cardinals could score some points, but. Kyler just made people look silly all day, and Titans never got anything going uh, with their new new offensive weapon and Julio Jones and, and the great guys they've come back with, A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. You really, at least I expected, that the Titans would give a 
little bit more of a fight. Um, this game was over pretty quickly. And, uh, yeah, Kyler just dominated. He was great. DeAndre was great. And one of your guys, uh, Christian Kirk, we've been kind of waiting for a breakout, breakout year from Christian Kirk. This could be it. He had a great first game. Yeah, and, and that's a team where – They've got the talent, but they, they, they've got a few of those guys like a Christian Kirk who hasn't necessarily produced at the NFL level just yet. Um, but with the way Kyler's playing, I think right now he, he's the most intriguing guy in the NFL um, because, to me, he's, he's the next guy who's going to determine is he in that superstar category or not, um, partially because the way he's playing, but also that team. You know, J.J. Watt made his Cardinals debut and he was wreaking havoc in the backfield, had a tackle for loss on Derrick Henry at the goal line. And they only held the Cardinals to less than 90 yards rushing as a team. And or they held the Titans. And so th- against the Derrick Henry led team who, you know, what's coming every single time. And most teams just can't stop it and they roll over. Um, but but that Cardinals front seven was really impressive. They've, they've invested in the linebacker position the last two drafts with Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson and then this past year Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa together in Atlanta or in Arizona they they play in the hardest division in football um but they looks like they're going to put up a fight for it yeah every team in that division won uh this weekend but um also just want to mention we we talked about the or talked about the rookie receivers uh Rondell Moore uh a little bit less heralded than the other guys but he had uh four catches for 68 yards so uh a solid game for for another rookie yeah and he's he needs to at least two just quick screens out in the flat and just let the little guy just fly past you um but my 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 worst stat of the day has to go to the tennessee titans for only two play action passes the entire game the entire game the team with the best running back arguably the the most heralded rushing attack in the nfl Two play action passes. Come on now. And I mean, I get they were down. A lot of teams, uh, the Packers were another team who, who got blown out. A lot of play action passing. But when you've got Derrick Henry back there, you've got to at least make them think. Um, so that was that was really an ugly stat for me from from Tennessee when you got a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield. Yeah, that does, doesn't make any sense. Um, we'll have to look and see if that's their offense going forward or just an anomaly and they're going to have to fix it. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see, but uh, you said that that was the uh, the Cardinals was your most impressive offensive performance. It was pretty good, but I don't know. Can you say uh, it was better than Jameis? Packers <laughs> thirty eight to three. I think that's a bigger win in terms of just unexpected. Um, but yeah, we can go straight into that game because man, Jameis. I mean, Jameis was only t- fourteen for twenty. With 148 yards, but five <laughs> touchdowns. He said, Kyler Murray, here you go, man. I can score five touchdowns and less than 150 yards. That's all I had to do. Um, and then the amazing quote after the game where he's talking to a reporter. <laughs> and he's like, you know, my trainer just told me. Wait, what did he just tell me? He told me to prepare. Um, and it was just, <laughs> you, you could tell Jameis. I, I, I was hearing somebody talk about it. And it's like, you can really tell who somebody is when they forget what they're going to say. And Jameis is cool. Jameis is calm. Jameis got it done in the interview, and he got it done on the field. And this was the shock of the day. It had to be. Um, three points from the Green Bay Packers is just unfathomable. Devontae, fantasy pick, so safe to say I was a little disappointed. Um, but, man, the shock of the day, we know the Saints have a good defense, but still, just completely, completely unexpected. 
yeah, they annihilated him on both sides of the ball. And uh, just going back to Jameis, like this is a guy that has gotten kind of almost ridiculed for the past year because he had that 30 touchdown, 30 interception season. Everybody was wondering what he would do. And he comes out, throws for five touchdowns on just 14 attempts, um, deserves to be celebrated, but then goes viral for a dumb clip on Twitter after. And it's almost <laughs> talked about more for his post-game interview than the five touchdown passes that he threw. Um, just a classic Jameis Winston game. He's just so entertaining. I love watching Jameis. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to root for him. And and we're seeing some of these redemption guys. I mean, you've got obviously um, Matthew Stafford with in fir- first time in a new team. You've got Jameis Winston, who I think has had the highest highs and the lowest lows of just about anybody in the NFL over the last. Not it hasn't even been that long. Um, and then you can even sometimes in the same Wentz. game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's these guys where new team a chance to prove it again, almost or almost like you got the group of guys who, okay, they were drafted by the wrong team or the, with Jameis, the wrong situation, obviously Brady coming in, things like that. Um, but it, it's hard not to root for those guys. And, and Jameis is definitely at the top of that list. Um, and we'll see what can happen. He's got a good defense. He's got some weapons. And uh, he's got the best soundbite in the NFL. That's, that, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, do you think the Packers should be worried? Is this an anomaly? Is this – not going to happen again will this make Rodgers mad and he'll come out better than ever or do you think it's for real um I, I think there's two things that I guess has me not too worried and one is that every team in their division lost week one the other thing is um next week they play the Detroit Lions so if there was ever a game <laughs> to get the confidence back it's next week and so we'll see I I I I'll have a much better answer next week because if they come out and and, and beat the Lions 21-17, I think that's going to be time to start maybe pushing a panic button a little bit. Um, but we'll see. It, I mean, it's week one, and I think the Packers could be the best case of let's not overreact. Um, but, man, especially after all the Aaron Rodgers saga in the offseason, holding out, being clear how unhappy he is with the team, and then coming out and putting three points up. I'm sure it was a pretty tense locker room after that game. Yeah, the uh, the city of Green Bay cannot be happy with uh, with Rodgers and, and the team after that. But like you said, they're playing the Lions, who um, had such a, a Detroit Lions game. Um, they lost uh, by eight to the 49ers. Final score was 41 to 33. With about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, it was 41 to 17. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lions play, play the best eight minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, that we'd seen all game, give the fans just enough hope to uh, think that they might come back, and uh, they end up falling short at the very end. It just it just seemed like such a Detroit Lions opener to me. If you remember last year, it was uh, them against the Bears whenever they dropped the touchdown pass in the end zone for the win. Um, just such a such a Detroit Lions game. Oh yeah, and it's crazy too because the 49ers were a nine point favorite. And so the, the, it takes the Lions to score twice and convert on the two-point conversion twice to cover. And so that, that might have been the bad beat of the day right there. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a typical Detroit game. I mean, I guess they've got th- – this, this might be they, – they might be very similar, obviously, to a lesser regard, where this is a moral victory for Detroit. They only lost by eight. You know, after what it looked like, I think, I think they're a little happy. I mean, Dan Campbell, 
he's he might be the Jameis of head coaches in terms of sound bites. Just a just an odd guy, but. <laughs> You know, I there's not much hope in Detroit this year, and so I guess we'll see. Jared Goff, he had a nice game, threw for over 300 yards, but he almost threw 60 passes, and so kind of a toss up there. It's it's going to take a lot, um, a lot for some good things to happen in Detroit. They've got a nice little running back duo going until the very end last night or on Sunday, um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll it was it was an odd game. That was probably the oddball of the day. Trey Lance throws one pass, touchdown. Um, so that, that, that there's your little highlight. He's the only rookie quarterback to win yesterday. Um, but yeah, just kind of a weird one. I think the Lions fans are going to be seeing more of the same in terms of points going up in that loss column. Yeah. Kind of interesting how, uh, Trey Lance threw one pass touchdown, Justin Fields rushed the ball one time touchdown, uh, got the rookie, rookie quarterbacks going a little bit there. Yep. And, but only one fan base begging and pleading to let their rookie quarterback come in while the other one goes with Andy Dalton. So, yeah, but, but yeah, not, I guess not too much to talk about here. Rookie, rookie running back, Elijah Mitchell though, out of uh, Louisiana, the leading rusher, a hundred yard game for the San Francisco 49ers. This was an interesting one for me because the 49ers actually traded up for Trey Sermon in the draft, but he was a healthy scratch rookie. Elijah Mitchell gets the, gets the, gets to be active for week one takes advantage of his opportunity. So he could be a guy to watch as Raheem Mostert um, out for the year. So that that's a pretty big blow for San Francisco. Yeah, kind of continues to prove that Shanahan can turn anyone into a 100-yard rusher. It uh, doesn't really matter who it is. It's kind of him and the Ravens, uh, plug and play, and uh, guys just, just eat up yards on in those offenses. Yeah, and, and one guy too, another big game in that in with that matchup was Debo Samuel. A lot of it was in one play. He had a 79-yard um, touchdown, but finished with nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown. So he might be number one receiver heading into week two in terms of yardage-wise. Third year out of South Carolina, a really explosive guy. We'll see if he can take the next step. Obviously, you've got George Kittle in there. Um, no Brandon Ayuk, so we'll see how how Stam- Samuel can uh, step up on. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a surprise not to see Ayuk in there, but Debo Debo took advantage of his opportunity and uh, really showed that. He can, he can be the number one guy there. Um, moving on to the uh, the Browns and Chiefs, give me give me your rundown on that game. What do you think about that? Surprising. I mean, it was it was impressive. I mean, I think when we look at the Cleveland Browns, it's it's hard not to be impressed with that team. They they I, I remember saying in our preview that they might be stars. They might be the most star studded team roster wise. Not saying they're the best roster, um, but they came out and punched punch Kansas City in the face over and over but Kansas City does what only they can do and it it doesn't matter how many times you punch them in the face they're going to keep coming (laughs) back and they have the playmakers to do that you had one of your your traditional Patrick Mahomes just pretty much close your eyes throw it up to Tyree Kill and it ends up in a touchdown somehow um and big win you know obviously a pretty pretty good game for Baker um, 21 for 28, 321 yards, no touchdowns, even though, I mean, they ran it in at the goal line every time. Didn't have the greatest fourth quarter, um, but I just got to tip my hat to Pat Mahomes and, and that Chiefs team because they, they do what they've shown they can always do. Yeah, this was, a, this was a fun one because the Browns really dominated up until the fourth quarter, and uh, the, uh, the score was 29 to 20, uh, about 10 minutes left. And um, 
it was kind of it was kind of like all right this is when the uh this is when the chiefs do their normal thing they uh they they come back to win <laughs> whenever when i didn't because the browns dominate so much in the first half i was like can they do it well this season will they do it again this year and i realized i was having the thoughts of maybe they won't maybe they won't do it this time <laughs> 75 yard touchdown to tyreek and then the chiefs are off and running just that quick pretty much what it was. I mean, it was 22-10 at halftime. End of the third, it's 22-20. Um, but then, like you said, 10 minutes left, another Browns touchdown. And then, but literally, first play, we get that um, 75-yard touchdown to Tyree Kill, and the rest is history as the, the Browns really couldn't recover or get, get much going on offense because the Chiefs score again with seven minutes left to take the lead, and those were the last points of the game. And so there were opportunities, um, but the Chiefs' defense stepped up when they needed the Chiefs offense stepped up when they needed to. It's almost like Chiefs in the second half, especially if they're trailing, it's almost like uh, like I almost have like Golden State Warriors feelings of like yep. I don't feel like they're going to lose until they lose type type feelings. Yeah. And so um, it'll be interesting, a big Monday night football matchup or Sunday night football matchup next week. Kansas City traveling to Baltimore as we'll get into that um, Ravens game. But, I mean, that's an even bigger game now that the Ravens fall to 0-1. Um, but getting to see Lamar and Patrick Mahomes too is going to be a treat. Yeah, and another thing from the Browns game is really just how uh, impressed Tony Romo was with Baker Mayfield. He kept saying over and over uh, how this is the best he'd ever seen Baker play, and I kind of, I kind of take Tony Romo's word pretty seriously whenever he he uh, talks about quarterbacks. And so uh, we'll see if this is the best year that Baker ever has uh, after a pretty pretty solid start, and uh, def- definitely think they can win their division after seeing the the Steelers and the Bills um, uh, the rest of the other the rest of the way. Yeah, and I I remember in our preview, I called Baker he's an elite game manager. And I say that in the best way possible is that it's not a bad thing to manage the game, but he's a guy who he's gonna manage the game, but he's also gonna make every throw. Um, if he's in rhythm, if he's if he's and he Baker's a guy where you get him five easy throws to start the game, he might just tear you up the rest of the day. Um, and so he's he's one of those guys. But yeah, and I mean, the his second half of last year, if he can put that together for a full season, I don't think anybody's going to be doubting him as a as a top, maybe not obviously not top top tier, but a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. And no Odell for them. That's one thing. Maybe if they have a guy like him, that's enough offensively to put him over the top. Um, but Baker really spread the ball, spread the ball around. Um, and Joku was their leading receiver with only uh, three catches, 76 yards, nine different receivers. Um, caught passes from Baker Mayfield and so he's going to spread it around in that offense but they they're going to live and die by the 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 two-headed monster in that backfield and I think that's one thing where you could say it's a detractor for Baker Mayfield is it because they have that offensive line in that run game it makes his life a lot easier yeah no doubt about it and you'd mentioned how um, the second half of his of his season was so good that's when Odell got hurt and it was kind of made the correlation of when Odell got hurt, he started playing better. So it'll be really, really interesting to see if uh, that Odell correlation is true. And if he comes back, Baker starts to struggle a little bit again, or if it was just a a coincidence. So that's another thing to kind of look out for when Odell finally gets healthy. Yeah. Should be a bounce back week for the Browns week two. They take on the Texans, but had to find some time to give some props to the Houston Texans, the most irrelevant team to me forever. Yeah. But Got to give them props. Big, big win. They exposed Urban Meyer even more. 37-21 win um, against and the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
No, I was going to say it wasn't that close because with three minutes left in the third quarter, it was 34 to seven Houston. That's after everyone, after what everyone has been saying all off season, there, there've been plenty of people predicting Oh, and 17 for the Texans. Like, come on now. That's, that's a little unrealistic, but to see them come out and whoop the Jacksonville Jaguars is not a great sign at all after how the preseason wasn't a very good sign for urban Meyer and bad signs are continuing. Um, just bad all around. I don't have much to say on the game, but I just want to give the Texans some props because they are one to know. And so that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I just really, yeah, it really makes me respect Tyrod Taylor. He's, he's kind of just been underrated his whole career. I don't know if underrated, but no one's ever given him, given him credit to be a, a guy you want on your team, leading your team. And he kind of just goes out and plays well, like all the time. He, he led the Bills to the playoffs at, at one point and had bad luck last year with the doctor stabbing him, but comes out this year and just takes care of business. So uh, props to Tyrod, props to the Texans. And oh, by the way, Brandon Cooks is still really good. Yeah, I was going to say, a good, a, a good all-around stat line for Tyrod Taylor, 21 of 33, 291 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, but yeah, Brandon Cooks, five catches, 132 yards, um, had a big 52-yard reception. But yeah, and I, that was something after the game that I think Tyrod was just really proud about because I think everyone in that Houston locker room, that organization, they know how this season is going to go. Um, but to be able to come out week one after being disrespected for so long, especially a guy like Tyrod when we all know what people are talking about when they talk about Houston Texans quarterbacks, and it's, it's not Tyrod Taylor they're talking about. Right. And so for him to come out and get a win week one, it's probably going to be short-lived, but a good, a good feel-good win for him as a guy who's been a career backup for most of his career. And um, to get, get the reins in a, in a tough situation, he stepped up, and there's no doubt in that. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence kind of got garbage time uh, stats. Most of the game he didn't, didn't look very good. Kind of made some good throws in garbage time, but overall kind of a, a forgettable forgettable week one for Trevor Lawrence. And that the stat that was going around was this was his – First ever regular season loss. Never lost in high school or college in the regular season. So uh, pretty crazy there. Yeah, and I don't I think you want the Browns oh. are now 0-14-1 in their last 15 opening games. Wow. Couldn't get it going. One of these years, the Browns are out of irrelevancy, <laughs> but not out of week one irrelevancy. Um, yeah. But yeah, 51 pass attempts for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's ever the game plan for a rookie. But three interceptions for the Texans defense against Trevor Lawrence in week one. Three interceptions total for the Texans defense in 2020. So pretty good start there. It's pretty crazy. They only had three interceptions all of last season, um, but they've yeah, already wow. matched that mark. Wow. I did not realize that. Well, there you go. We'll just, I was just a mic drop to end that one because I have nothing <laughs> else to say. Moving on to Seattle, Indianapolis. This was a game I was pretty excited for. Um, 28-16 Seattle win. Russell Wilson had two of the prettiest. He, he, he dropped the deep ball out again and just a Money. couple of rainbows to Tyler Lockett. Um, four catches, 100 yards, two TDs. Just a simple day for Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. That connection, you know, at least 50% of the time they connect, it's going to be for a touchdown. And, yeah, um, yeah DK, DK with a touchdown, the Stars stepped up, and that's pretty much that for Seattle. Yeah, I felt like the Colts were never really that close. Uh, Russell Wilson had a had just a – a machine like day 18 for 23 250 with four touchdowns and he was like you said he, he threw that one ball to tie lock at 60 yards in the air just on the money uh watching them throw his throw is so fun and 
uh, Chris Carson had 90 yards on the ground. I think he's one of the more underrated running backs in the league as well, if he can just stay healthy. But uh, the, the Colts didn't, didn't show much to me. Um, Got to be a little bit worried if you're a Colts fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I first want to touch on Russell Wilson because, like you said, it's one of the best things about week one to me is watching the elite quarterbacks because you get a guy like Russell Wilson, new offensive coordinator. These defenses have yet to, I guess, even see the offense he's running now to game plan again to stop it like we will later on in the season, especially with – teams in the division that have seen you multiple times and things like that but you get week one and you get Russell Wilson out here almost pitching a perfect game 18 for 23 250 yards four touchdowns no picks you know the guys like him are always ready week one and they're always they're 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 almost always going to put up stat lines like that week one because they're just on another level against against defenses who don't have that current offense on film you know um and that that's because we all remember Russell Wilson's, what, first four or five games last year. He was the hands-down MVP, give it to him. And then teams learned how to scheme that off, or defenses learned how to scheme that offense a little bit, um, and things went down. So we'll see if things can change this year. Um, but, yeah, really impressive win for them, and not not a whole lot to love from Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, decent game, not, not any turnovers, but he just doesn't look – you can tell he's coming off a couple big injuries, I guess is all I'll say. Yeah, and with this uh, with this Colts loss, that means the Texans are uh, first in the division at one and zero. Who would have expected that? <laughs> wow! But it, yeah. it really was just looking overall, though. It really was just some of those huge plays. Um, the obviously the the sixty yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett, things like that. Because overall, uh, Indianapolis won the time of possession. They're they're about even in yards. It's just they of plays that that Seattle offense is really bred to do with guys like Russ, uh, DK, and then Tyler Lockett. Right, and it feels like Carson Wentz hasn't produced those explosive plays in a long time either. Um, so he's going to have to kind of figure that out. And I'm not really sure which of the the receiving core is going to make those explosive plays. The, the Colts' two uh, top receivers in, in yards and receptions were their two running backs, Jonathan Taylor and, and Hines. So Somebody on that receiving core has got to step up because if you're if you're running both your running backs or your top receivers, those big plays just aren't going to come. Exactly, and I think it's a little bit even even worse of a sign is that that Seattle defense wasn't stopping many teams through the air last year. Um, that that's not the Legion of Boom anymore. You know that 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 just might be the weakness of their team if it's not the offensive line. And so not a great sign going forward. Obviously, I'm a guy, I have tons of hype behind Michael, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Three receptions, 29 yards. He's, he's going to have to step it up, especially when, since T.Y. Hilton's out right now. And so we'll see what happens. But not, not the greatest sign because, like I said, that, that Seattle secondary was not very strong last year. Yeah, and the Colts have the Rams next week. So it's not going to get any easier for them, especially uh, going up against that Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Yeah, and with that, we can we can move on to our first the the first of two overtime games of the weekend. Uh, Joe Burrow really gutty win, honestly, against the Minnesota Vikings, twenty seven twenty four. It was almost at least when it got to overtime, it was like who can lose this game more? And it just so happened to be a late fumble by Dalvin Cook, a couple big plays by Joe Burrow sealed the deal, game winning field goal for Cincinnati, and what is a pretty big upset because I think the Vikings are a team I'm not too high on, but in a weaker NFC North this year, 
they're a team that could very well win that division. Yeah, and I was just hoping this game would end up in a tie. Um, I don't know what. How do you feel about the uh, the ten minute overtime period? I wish I, I, hate, I hate the ten minute. See, I I I understand why they don't go to the college format because well, you get NFL offenses going twenty five yards, they're going to score every time. But I agree. The but why they switch can... fifteen minutes? Give them more time in case the defenses are playing great. Yeah, but I mean, if you go ten minutes without scoring, it's like you probably were going to go fifteen minutes without scoring. Just my take. But I, I hate the NFL. I hate the NFL overtime rules as it is. Put them at midfield and let them go, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah. I Because I, I understand why they couldn't necessarily do the college format, but the current one has, I, for our whole lifetime, it's just stunk. Still not figured it out. But, no. yeah, I mean, great great for Joe Burrow, especially whenever he was coming off the ACL injury. Um, I mean, he, he was great for – for uh, for coming off ACL and it's it's tough in there guys diving at your legs and, and people all over you coming back from ACL and a, a leg injury got to be just really impressed with Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase was getting a bunch of flack in the preseason for dropping balls but he ended up with five for 101 and a touchdown so he he proved that that he can be the guy yeah and took five sacks too so I mean obviously the Bengals going with Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman is a worry around Joe Burrow. And I mean, he was under heat all day, but like he did last year, he, he's a gritty dude. And I think it's, it's all about hoping he can stay healthy. And I mean, that's not a great plan going forward for the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> but that's kind of the situation they put him in because they've got a nice shiny toy out wide in Jamar Chase, who 100 plus yards and a touchdown his first game. You can't be upset about that, but you also can't be too upset about the five sacks because you kind of put yourself there. Um, but also yeah, a really they, impressive game for uh, Joe Mixon. He looks like he's going to be their workhorse back. 29 carries, 127 yards, and a TD for him. Um, he's continuing to improve. So they've got a nice little team going on there. But like I said, it's just going to be tough with that offensive line situation like it is. Yeah, Mixon's another guy that's going to have to just stay healthy. Um, he's He's been – he's had talent. He just has to stay healthy. And the head of the line, like he said, they knew it was a problem. They went with uh, Jamar Chase, and Burrow got sacked five times, and – Hopefully, they figure it out a little bit better along the way, but uh, could definitely be something to watch out for. But if you're a Bengals fan, you're just happy that uh, your two your two stars, your two first round picks connected, and you're one and zero after one, week one. Exactly, and I mean, look, look looking on the opposite side, Dalvin Cook that the Bengals defensive front, twenty carries, sixty one yards for Dalvin Cook. That is as much as you could have asked for. Just just that th- over just over three yards a carry. Um, his longest rush was only 17 yards. And if there's one guy in the NFL, he's probably going to break an 80 yarder. It's probably Dalvin cook. And so containing him, that's the key to beating the Minnesota Vikings. And Thielen had a really good day, two TDs, um, decent day from Justin Jefferson, but we all know Dalvin cook is what makes that offense go. And I, I think it shows the talent difference when you look at how ineffective the Vikings rush game was and the fact they still should have won that game. Um, but now it's just going to be about getting getting Dalvin Cook going because I'm not looking at the Cincinnati Bengals as one of the top rush defenses in the league. And so that's got to be something um, that could be could be a little worrisome to, Dol- or to Vikings fans going forward. Yeah, and they play uh, – Vikings play the Cardinals next week who just shut down Derrick Henry. And so uh, we'll really get to see uh, the battle of uh, are the Cardinals really that good or are the Vikings really that bad? Because uh, 
with with the with the Cardinals shutting down Derrick Henry and the Titans, if they do it again, then the Cardinals could be one of the best uh, rush defense in the NFL. Yeah, and then let's see the last noon game we have on deck here. I don't really have much. Panthers beat the Jets nineteen to fourteen. Sam Darnold gets the win against his old team. Him and Robbie Anderson um, get the win. Robbie Anderson had a touchdown, one catch, fifty-seven yard touchdown catch against his old team. McCaffrey, solid game. Um, <laughs> More than solid, doing it all doing it all. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's solid an automatic two hundred yards. Ground twenty-one for ninety-eight, and then another nine for eighty-nine through the air. Just you know, solid game for him. But I mean, I feel like like so many guys we've talked about so far. The only thing with Christian McCaffrey, can he stay healthy? And so, hey, made it through week one. He is Sam Darnold's safety blanket and do everything guy. And Zach Wilson, not the worst game in the world, not the best game in the world. It's just hard to expect too much from him this year with the weapons they've got on that team. Yeah, Corey Davis was solid. But uh, going back to Sam Darnold, it it kind of seemed like more of the same, except he just has one of the best players in the NFL now that can kind of rack up some stats for him. Uh, a lot of a lot of checkdowns, not not too many huge plays. Made made some nice throws, but I don't know. I feel like he's just so average. He's just lucky that he is a great running back. I just I just I think Sam Darnold's maybe the most average quarterback in the NFL. Well, well then, yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting because at least yardage wise, it this this was one of the games where it's this is another one where it's closer than I think it should have been i don't i mean i'm i'm not gonna lie i didn't watch this one from start to finish <laughs> um but i don't know i maybe it's something i mean obviously just looking at the score the jets scored touchdowns and the the um panthers just kicked a bunch of field goals and so it could it could have been bigger but yeah not not the best start to sam Darnold's panther career but he got a win really all that matters um i want to say to Go ahead. I want to hear if there's – can you think of any other quarterbacks that are as average as Aaron, as Sam Darnold? Maybe Kirk um, Cousins. Oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins, average. Teddy Bridgewater, average. Um, Let's see. Not, I I'm think Sam Darnold is more average than, than Bridgewater. Okay. Bridgewater's got some excitement. He goes downfield. He's – Oh, you, you take Teddy? Okay. I take I'm Teddy. Not, Darnold's nah, more you, average. Darnold's the, the type of guy that will – <laughs> we'll just win the games you're supposed to win, and that's it. Yes, but Sam Darnold's whole career is based off of being with one of the worst teams, and he's got one game under his – it's easy to call him average or terrible. I'm not disputing that. But what – okay, here, how about this? What quarterback would have not been average with that Jets team? None. I mean, do you want me to there name the, the best quarterbacks in the league? Well, hey, the thing is, like you home. said – well, you, I, he was terrible with the Jets, and now I'm calling him average because he has a better team. He was yeah. he was bad. He was a bad right. quarterback, and now he's average. Congratulations, Sam Darnold. Boom. There is your <laughs> there is your week one done deal from Zach McVay. There you go. Week one week average. Hey, that that's pretty good if you look at what he's been called. Yeah, so, no doubt, no doubt about next it. Next week it'll be good. Next week he'll, will be he'll good. take that with a W. An average, exactly. an average, average QB and a W. Sam Darnold's all right. Jameis next week. That's a big matchup. Oh, must must watch TV. Must watch. Yep. But yeah, we'll move into start of the late games. Pretty pretty good games all around. Um, the big one for me that I was interested in was the Alabama QB showdown. Dolphins Patriots. Mac Jones makes his debut. Um, Tua and the Dolphins head to Miami, get a one point win. Uh, it was 
about what you'd expect, I guess, from these two teams. They they look just about the same as last year. Two teams that can't really and have decent defenses, but I don't know, man. Tua, once again, 16 for 27, 200 yards. Just they don't have the explosion. Maybe it's just yet. Um, Jalen Waddle had a couple easy catches. Get him in space is always a good idea. But from both of these teams, it was just it was like watching a 2010 SEC matchup. Just kind of <laughs> just punch each other in the face over and over again. It's just so interesting to me because in college, I was like when in the team I was rooting for played Alabama, I was scared of Tua. And like I was scared of Alabama's weapons, sure. But I was also afraid of Tua and the, the plays that Tua can make. And it just seems like in the NFL, he's not making any 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 extra plays. He's kind of making the plays he's supposed to make um, and just doesn't scare anybody. And if, if I'm playing the Dolphins, I'm worried about their defense more than I'm worried about Tua. Um, Tua just doesn't scare me in the slightest. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it, I wonder, comes down to – because none of us really know the depths of that hip injury. You know, the internal bleeding right. dude could have died on the field against Mississippi State that ended his senior season. And you, I don't know. I wonder sometimes about that. And obviously, he's got the best doctors around him. The Dolphins would know if if he wasn't 100%. But I, I agree. And, and he could just be maybe one of the prime examples of the game just moves so much faster. And when you're talking the the holes that him and Mac Jones were throwing to, the last couple of years it's nothing close to that th- th- that's like thrown on air you know and I-, I think it'll be interesting to see what these Bama quarterbacks or these quarterbacks coming in from teams that are lighting guys on fire because you see it with Joe Burrow it's a little different you know Joe Burrow set the world on fire in college and not that he's setting the world on fire in Cincinnati but Joe Burrow's playing really good football but I'm afraid of him when, when Joe Burrow has the ball and a chance to win I'm afraid exactly. that Joe Burrow's gonna beat me if, if Tua has exactly. the ball and a chance to win uh I'm not I'm not that scared. Exactly. And I know some people were interested in talking about Tua wasn't named a team captain. And it's pretty much like if you're the only quarterbacks in the league that aren't captains are rookies. And I mean, Trevor Lawrence was even named a captain this year. Like you don't see a starting quarterback, not a captain in the NFL and no Tua as captain. And so that that kind of had some people interested. And because uh, it, it's kind of. This, to me, this is almost the last year before they can decide. They have to decide is two of their guy this year, um, just because the Dolphins aren't going to be competing for top picks much longer. Because that team, they've been at the bottom for a while now. They, like you said, that defense is scary. They've got some scary receivers. They're, the offensive line has been built up somewhat, but if Tua can't hurt you, they're not going to hurt anybody. And so that that's really what it comes down to. And I hope he continues to take the next step. He it's not like he was awful against um, New England, but start winning them games, start start making those plays that you talked about. He's, he's got to start scaring defenses. That, that's what it comes down to. Right. And on the flip side, Mac Jones for, for his first game, got to, got to be happy with what you saw from him. I've heard, I've heard a few Patriots fans uh, pretty, pretty excited about it. So, um, I mean, you got to, got to, it's just his first game, but about of all the rookies, he was really, I guess really only him and Trevor were the ones that played a bunch and Zach Wilson, but out of all of them, Mac had the best game. Oh yeah. And for him it was it was more the same of what we saw in the preseason. Like he he's not it's almost like Joe Burrow to an extent last year where he wasn't going crazy but he he wasn't holding his team back. You know, he's 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 showing that promise as a rookie and that's really all you can ask for. Um and it really was just two 
terrible, terrible fumbles for the Patriots that really lost him the game. They had one in the first half that was, I think, they fumbled. Or in on uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who tore up the preseason, his first NFL carries a fumble. And so uh, a couple pretty bad turnovers really cost um, New England this because Miami didn't turn the ball over the whole game. And I guess maybe that's one thing you can tip your cat to Tua for is that he, he took care of the ball, even though Mac Jones did too. Um, but that, that was really the, the deciding factor in this one. And, hey, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't the greatest, but this win for Miami could could loom huge come late in the season if if they're if it comes down to a tiebreaker with New England or something like that. Right. Sometimes it's uh, easy to forget, but week one wins and losses count just as much as week fifteen and sixteen. You know, exactly. they, they mean just as much now as they do late in the season. So um, these teams that are going to be in, in tight races got to got to start winning. Yeah. Luckily for the Cowboys, we're in the NFC East. <laughs> there you go. Wins aren't as important in the NFC East. Um, yeah. And speaking of the NFC East, um, an NFC East team lost on Sunday. Shocker there. The New York Giants fall at home to Zach and his Teddy Bridgewater loving Denver Broncos. They get the win there. 27-13. Really just, I mean, it's a Jason Garrett offense, so you can't expo- expect much more than 14 points. And the Daniel Jones-led offense, by the way, <laughs> with, with Saquon. Saquon didn't look good. He's he's hurt. Um, I hope I hope Saquon can come back to to being the exciting player because the Giants need him, and that's the only reason this team is worth watching is Saquon. But uh, yeah, how about Teddy B? Um, as uh, as Bill Simmons likes to call likes to call him Teddy Two Gloves. Where's Two Gloves always out there? What a stud! <laughs> what a stud! Yeah, and I mean Melvin Gordon throwing it back honestly. With 11 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown, he had a 70-yard TD. Um, but yeah, big win, big win for Denver. Yeah, Denver's Denver's an in- interesting team because, like, they can be good, but like, will you? If Denver is playing another, like, if it's a Denver Dolphins game, is Denver like a fun team to watch for you? Besides, no. yeah, not at all. They haven't been since Peyton Manning left. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting that they just haven't had any stars um, on their team yeah. since Manning left. They've still got Von Miller, but he's the the star that that was a star when Peyton was there. You know, they just haven't had any new guys that that really make you stop and think, "Wow." Yeah, and then I, it's I don't know, and I, I think Pat Sertan is a great fit for them, um, especially in that division. But passing on a guy like Justin Fields, it's like, man. You're going to regret that. You're going to. And, it, and that's the thing with Teddy Bridgewater is that, hey, Teddy will get it done. Teddy will win you some games. But there is no more of a bridge quarterback than literally Teddy Bridgewater. He is the ultimate, oh, you bring Teddy Bridgewater in, okay, we're going to have a new quarterback in two years. He's just holding the seat. Because Teddy Bridge, if Teddy Bridgewater is leading the Broncos franchise for the next eight years, they're not going to win much. That's something went wrong. Yeah, something yeah. went wrong. Exactly. And so I think that's the hardest thing with a quarterback situation like they're in right now is that it's just it's just hard to believe because, you know, say you get in the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater, that that's that's almost the peak, you know, and and having a division with with the Chiefs, you know, you're kind of just shooting for the wild card at that point. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. And moving on to uh, another divisional foe with, the, with both those teams is uh, the Chargers uh, Washington game. Uh, feel really bad for Fitzpatrick. Finally kind of had his chance again to be the starting quarterback and only got off three passes before 
had a, a hip injury that will keep him out for at least uh, four or five weeks. But uh, Heineke came in and, and really, really looked almost better than Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick didn't get that too many opportunities, but Heineke uh, had, the, had the Washington football team in this game. I guess. The defense had them in the game. The defense had them in the game. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, though, because this is kind of off topic. Not really, though, because it's about Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I had a friend who was telling me how the Dolphins made such a mistake letting Ryan Fitzpatrick go. And I'm like, are you, are you being serious with me right now? And week one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fitzy. Didn't, didn't mean for you to go down. But, I mean, he's a 38-year-old guy. What else did we expect? I, I don't know how. I mean, I guess it's easy for me to say you can't expect much now after he's hurt. But th- this was part of the cards, you would think, at some point of the season that you're going you're gonna to either lose Ryan Fitzpatrick to injury or he's going to do enough crazy bad things that he's going to end up getting benched <laughs> like he always does that there there's one way things end for ryan Fitzpatrick midseason and things just kind of sped up the process was sped up this year um but yeah i mean going forward if taylor heineke is their quarterback i am feeling even better about the cowboys chances in that division no offense taylor heineke and i mean hey the the, the team that, that that pushed the bucks in the playoffs the farthest last year was taylor heineke in the, in the washington football team and so and we, we both know how great that defense holding the Chargers and Justin Herbert to 20 points is impressive. Um, but that, I think that Washington defense just wear down, wore down. I saw that in the first half, uh, the Chargers had 21 of the 30 minutes of possession. And so you got to think that those guys just kind of wore down near the end. The time of possession ended 36 23. So the, the, the Washington had a lot more in the second half, but almost 40 minutes on the field for that Washington defense. It, it's tough to win a game like that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know. the the I kind of expected more out of the Chargers, um, to be honest. Herbert had a, had a great year last year, but it didn't translate to wins. And I was kind of expecting him to come out and set the world on fire. And he had a, he had a solid game, 31 for 47, 337, touchdown interception. Um, solid, but uh, not quite what we – what I was hoping to see from him in the, in this game one, uh, even though he was facing a, a solid, really solid Washington football team defense. Um, I just thought that the Chargers would, would come out with a little bit more fire and, and really put it to uh, Washington, especially after Fitzpatrick went out, but uh, never really closed the door on him. Yeah. Hey, well, um, Washington was the two point favorite going in, which is kind of surprising. Um but yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and but I guess we'll, we'll that's something we'll we'll get a very clear look at next week where how good is that watching the defense because the Chargers are going to go go boys in week two, and so that'll give it that'll give a real test. I, I was happy to see what what I saw from the Chargers top two receivers, Keenan Allen, nine catches, a hundred yards. Mike Williams, a guy who has been they've desperately needed to step up, eight catches, eighty two yards, and a touchdown. So they got what they needed from their main two guys. Um, and so I guess that's a bright spot. Um, the running game really wasn't there. Just over three yards of carry, 29 rushes for 90 yards. But you're going up against that Washington front. Can't expect a whole lot more. Um, but I saw John Slater, rookie left tackle, had a, had a really solid game. I mean, going up against that front, Chase Young, Deron Payne, those guys. Um, but he looked good. And I think that could arguably be the biggest key, especially just what we were talking about with Joe Burrow. If they could shore up that left tackle position for Justin Herbert, that's going to make a whole lot of people feel better in that Chargers organization. Yeah, and Herbert Herbert will get it done. He's a, he's got too much talent to not get it done. Uh, just was surprised that 
they only scored 20 points. Um, yeah. But you, you and your left tackles, you love the left tackles. You protect them. You protect. You get your quarterback <laughs> clear-minded in that pocket, and good things will happen. You know who would kill for a, a left tackle? Joe Burrow. Yes, he would. <laughs> he would do anything. He would give his salary away for a left tackle. But, hey, you know who the, the Bengals are going to draft first-round pick in 2022? A left tackle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on this game, yeah, I, I'm really excited, though, to see Chargers-Cowboys. I mean, I mean, it's obvious why. Um, but, man, I sure hope Herbert doesn't go, like, 400, 450 <laughs> against the Cowboys. So, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely Anthony a, Brown a better very get his real sleep. possibility. Yeah, I'm out I here talking about how I wanted to see more from Herbert, and I hope I'm on this podcast next week saying – uh, Herbert sucks. He's week horrible. three, yeah, week three on Herbert, MVP. He can have it. Yeah. But yeah. next week, let's let's take it down a notch. Um, but that uh, Sunday night game, I believe we've touched on everything. Um, the Rams, a perfect start to the Matt Stafford era. I mean, he he throws for what three hundred and twenty one yards on twenty completions, just throwing bombs all night. Um, in LA, they opened their new stadium up, and it was just about as perfect of a win as you could want. I mean, Cooper Cup was sensational. Uh, was Van awesome. Jefferson, in his second year out of Florida, is looking more and more um, like he with along with Robert Woods. You got Deshaun Jackson in there too. Let's we'll see if he can stay healthy. Um, Daryl Henderson with a solid night. Obviously, that was the big news for them this offseason was Cam Akers gone with the season-ending injury. Um, but it looks like it'll be. Uh, Daryl Henderson, they they did trade for Sony Michelle. He only had one carry, um, but I'm sure we'll see him uh, implemented in the offense some more. And with with the um, the Bears, the game plan started and ended with Andy Dalton throwing 38 passes. You know, if if I told you he threw 38 passes, you know how the game ended. And I, <laughs> it's pretty simple from there. Yeah, it it didn't go well. Um, even though Montgomery, their running back, uh, really did look really good. He he was turning up yards against the Rams, hard fought yards too. Um, so that's kind of their, their bright spot, but going back to Cooper cup, um, they, the Sunday night crew love talking about how he and Stafford get to the facility two hours before anybody else and watch film and eat breakfast. And, um, they talk, they mentioned that at least three times, but man, it Cooper cup looked awesome. Um, yeah. they also said the stat that Cooper cup had the most yards after catch last year, um, which, uh, really surprising. But after watching that game, it's not surprising because he, nobody could tackle him. He was making the first, second, third guy miss like, multiple times. Yeah, Cup had a 56-yard catch. Van Jefferson with a 67-yard catch. Higby with a 37. Like, they were they were going. Those guys were running for a while against the Bears. Yeah, and uh, what did what did you think about Dalton? Do you think they uh, are just sitting fields to, to not make him go against the Rams here early, or they, they really <laughs> do want to just keep Andy Dalton going? I hope so, because the the only other way I can look at it is that the Bears don't want to win. That's the only like, are, are they angling for a draft pick? Like, I mean, like you said, those wins matter. Those losses matter now. So are they just trying to stack some losses? You know, I, I really don't understand. And I think it comes down to the head have to know their job is safe. After Justin Fields fell into their lap, they probably got an extra year at least. So let's just waste this one, you know, so then they can have next year as the year. They can keep pushing off because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Andy Dalton goes 27 for 38 for 200 yards. A Matt, stat, or a Matt Ryan stat line averages five yards an attempt. <laughs> and Marquise Goodwin, the Olympic long jumper, was 
the Bears' leading receiver with four catches for 45 yards. They asked, they asked him what was what was wrong. What does he think is wrong? And he's like, well, when we all just run five yards and turn around, it doesn't really work. And so the the locker room, <laughs> it sounds like the locker room knows who they want playing quarterback, but I'm not sure we're going to get it. So we'll see. It's just it's just embarrassing, really, um, for these guys to get so lucky and Justin Fields fall in their lap just to we'll Squander. see. If Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton trots out there the first five weeks, it's that's just that's too embarrassing for me. Glad yeah, and even like even if Justin Fields in practice is getting outplayed by Andy Dalton, just this year, I mean, if we know anything about Justin Fields after watching him and Colin, that that man is a gamer. I mean, he was getting clobbered in the in the playoff game last year and just kept coming back. Um, he's just a gamer. He's a winner. Um, Andy Dalton's not quite a winner, uh, and so you got to think with with the the leg aspect of Justin Fields. He can he can run he can extend plays, um, he's a gamer, he's got a rocket arm. The fans want to see him. How long is it going to take for the the management of the Bears to say, all right, let's let let's let the kid play? Yes, and because it, it's a simple thing. Like Justin Fields goes out and throws two touchdowns, two interceptions, has some really great plays and some really rushes for fifty yards. Plays. Yeah, but. The fans are going to remember those great plays and say, hey, this is our guy for the next four or five years. It's like, oh, he's only a rookie. But when Andy Dalton comes out and throws for 200 yards on 27 completions, it's like you're just banging your head against the wall. There's, there's no there's no positive spin <laughs> on running Andy Dalton out there unless you win the game. And then it's like, wait a minute. How did this happen? Um, but yeah, and most and, likely and you're not going to win. Yeah, because that's the craziest thing for me is that trotting out a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you could burn his confidence, whatever, if you believe in that type of thing. But if anything, you're buying yourself excuses. And I, 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 that's why it has to be something with the GM, the head coach, Nagy and those guys. They have to know they're safe because there's no reason they wouldn't be. If they were told your job's on the line, Justin Fields would be starting. You know, that, that's just common sense to me because they cannot be telling themselves Andy Dalton gives us the best chance to win. You know, unless there was some hidden term in his contract where they can, Andy can sue the Bears for like $100 million if he doesn't start. See, I they, know. I know that they told them he would be the guy. And yeah. I just respect to the Bears for sticking by their word. But is being the guy going 0-3, is that enough of him being the guy for them to switch it? Like how long, <laughs> how many losses does being the guy take to where you're not the guy, clearly? Yeah, and, uh, maybe uh, the Bears thought they signed Matthew Stafford or something. Because it's like that's a guy you promised something to. You know, you promised Tom Brady something when he comes to town, not Andy Dalton, but it's got to be one of those weird, weird reasons. Another one of those things we have no clue about, but it's just from us normies, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, can't can't explain it, but uh, let's move on to the uh, the craziest game of the weekend. The finale. Probably. The uh, Raiders Ravens. Andrew, I know you're a big Ravens fan. How are you feeling? Man, I I. I think I know I the one text I sent you that I still feel is it's just like please Lord let the Ravens stay healthy next week I don't even care if it's a win just because they play the Chiefs but it's like another m- more season in the I mean watching Derek Carr rip in secondary days after Marcus Peters is lost for the season was just it was tough it was tough to watch and it and just knowing that. I don't know. I it's 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 week one. You know, you don't want to overreact, but when when so many bad things have already happened to a team, it's like, man, 
you would they're humans too you know that you you think they give in but and especially with the wrecking ball of Kansas City coming next week but uh you know John Harbaugh's been there a long time Lamar Jackson's still got a lot to prove um and Lamar Jackson can still be the best player in football when things go right and so they they've they're in a lot better spot than a lot of teams are but it's no team has had a tougher start to the year than they have yeah, and you you say Lamar is can be the best player in football when things go right. I think he's the he's the best player in football when things go wrong. He he's the guy that you want when things are not going right because he can just make plays that nobody else can make. So that's that's the biggest thing for them is when nothing else is working, they know they have the best athlete on the field and he's touching the ball every single play. And no other team can say that. Yeah. No, I honestly and but honestly though, I, I really thought the Raiders did a decent job against him. I mean, three sacks against Lamar Jackson, that's pretty impressive. There were some times where it was almost just an all-out blitz. Um, but, I mean, their guys did a good job of collapsing the pocket. You know, there's not a guy in the NFL, like you said, when things go wrong, who can get out of it, you know. And so there's really only one way to sack Lamar Jackson, and that's to just collapse the entire pocket because the second he slips out, you're not touching him in open space. Um, and so and his, his longest rush was only 28 yards. And so if I'm – if I'm the Raiders, that's a win, you know? And, and I mean, obviously it all worked out. He had the, he had the big turnover late. Um, but yeah. And I mean, you, you got to tip your cap though, to, to, to the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr thrown for 435 yards. Darren Waller is legit. He is legit. I think so uh, he, he's in that tight end one category already, but he's coming for Kittle and Kelsey, I think in terms of just the, I, he might not be the best blocking all around guy, but I don't think there's a bigger mismatch out wide in the he's NFL unstoppable. right now than Darren Waller. And I saw Gruden say after the game, he's like, he's the best player I've ever seen in my life. And just with his story coming back from um, just drug addiction and things like that is just, it's just incredible. And man, just watching it. He was, he was tearing up my, my guys, man. And I have that Ravens defense in fantasy for a reason, you know, might have to change my thinking, but yeah, no, I, it was, it's hard to not be happy for a guy like Darren Waller and, but he's legit. So, you know, you can't, you can't deny that, but yeah, tough loss. We'll see. Maybe, maybe the unthinkable happens and they, they blow out Kansas city, but it's, it, it's a marathon, Zach. That That's my mindset right now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's okay, Andrew. You're, you'll go on too, but after that, you'll find a way to spin it and keep your hopes up. But um, some fun stats from that game. Uh, we know Darren Wall is a stud, but he had 19 targets. That's just crazy. Um, he is the guy that Derek Carr is looking for. He's their, he's their wide receiver one. He's their tight end one. He is the guy they're looking for. Um, and the reason they have to look for him is because their leading rusher was Marcus Mariota, who had one run for 31 yards. Um, Wasn't actually, it a touchdown, though? Josh Jacobs did have 34 yards because there was overtime. So uh, Josh Jacobs ended up rushing for more, but – for most of the game, Mariota was the was the rushing rushing guy. So um, Gruden's going to be throwing it to Waller a lot this year. Um, as for the Ravens, um, got to be a little bit worried. It, it didn't. It seemed like Lamar was making a lot of throws off balance. Um, he had a couple of lasers that looked really good, but that that line was getting collapsed. He was making a lot of throws off balance, trying to hit guys underneath. Um, not sure that they solved their wide receiver problems with Sammy Watkins, but. Uh, they should have won that game. After watching the whole game, I I can't believe they lost. They should have won. Here you go, Zach. I'm I'm locking in my stat of the night right here. So until their Monday night loss, the Ravens had won 98 straight games dating back to 2004 when they held a 14 plus point lead. 
Wow. That's crazy. They'd almost gone 100 games by when, wow. when they were leading by 14 or more. And I think it was 14-0 they jumped out to the lead. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was a game where they led up until it went to overtime, and then they lost. Um, but, yeah, just definitely one of those games that you don't see. The Ravens, they, they get beat. They get beat down by good teams, but you don't see them blow, blow leads like that. And when I saw that stat, I think it was from Adam Schefter. Um, that that blew my mind, but yeah, definitely an un Ravens like loss. But that's how and, it goes uh, week one, you know. The one of the most impressive things for the Raiders is at the end of the first half they kicked a field goal with no time left. I think they got the ball without about like a a minute twelve and drove right down the field, and then they did it again at the end of the fourth. Uh, Justin Tucker hit a field goal with thirty seven seconds left, and the Ravens just let the Raiders complete two passes over the middle, and they were in field goal range and they. Carlson hit a hit a big time field goal, so the uh, the end of half defense for the Ravens was just lacking, and Carr made plays when he had to, so got got to be happy for uh, for uh, Carr. He looked he looked really good. Oh yeah, oh and I think one game I think did we skip over this game? Did we skip over Bill Steelers? Yeah, we did. I watched that game and it was not fun. We can wrap up. Yeah, we can wrap up. Which that I mean that's another one though in terms of one of the more impressive wins is the 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 old big ben led steelers going into buffalo and winning that that pretty pretty impre- and i mean all credit to that steelers defense <laughs> not not and, and special teams at the pump block yeah um because yeah big ben completed 50% of his passes and threw for 188 yards in the win or just over 60% of his passes my bad um but yeah, not a not a very good game at all. Um, they they barely averaged three and a half yards per carry um, on twenty one carries. So not a good day at all offensively. But yeah, like you said, just the big moments they 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 got it done. And that that defense um, really impressive game. He throws for two hundred seventy yards, but he threw fifty one passes. And so um, and it, I I know T J Watt had a strip sack against him. And after he gets his mega deal, he he right. he shows it pays off. Yeah, that was a very Steelers like win, just classic. They made uh made the made the dirty plays, got the pump block, didn't didn't look pretty, but just got the W and not really ready. You're not panicking if you're a Bills fan, but you're just confused. You're like, how I've been waiting all all offseason for to watch this team again, and they just scrapped the bed. Just confusion if I'm a Bills fan. Exactly. And that, that kind of leads me into, because um, before we're done, talk a little bit about week two, what we're looking forward to this upcoming week. And for me, there's a couple games where, yes, it's only week two. We don't want to overreact, but there's still some pretty big games because you don't want to fall 0-2. Um, and you've got the 0-1 Buffalo Bills. They're traveling to Miami next week. Bills should win that game, you would think, but still a pretty big game overall. Huge game for the Dolphins if they could start their wins against New England and Buffalo. You've got... Um, the Vikings, who are 0-1, traveling to Arizona against the Red Hawk Cardinals after their week one game. Um, that's a big game for both teams. You, you don't, the Vikings don't want to fall 0-2. You've got um, Tennessee traveling to Seattle, a huge game after they drop their week one um, for Tennessee, could fall 0-2. And then like we've talked about before, you've got the Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. So that's the, the Ravens, the Titans, the Vikings, and then maybe – the, the the Bills have the easiest matchup of those four, but those are three really good playoff teams from last year that could very well start 0-2. Yeah. And uh, what I don't get is how are the Chargers – we're going back to the Cowboys, of course. 
How are yeah. the Chargers three-point favorites on the Cowboys when they were two-point underdogs on Washington? And I know the Chargers are at home, but there's so many Cowboys fans in California because that's where they do their uh, training camp. It's not like the home field advantage is huge. I just don't get that. Yeah, that is interesting. Right, yeah, right. I was, I was the Cowboys. Yeah, I was surprised though. Yeah, because um, when I saw that the that Washington was a two point favorite, I could honestly I didn't believe that. But yeah, three point early favorite for the Chargers. That's Zach's B for the week. We'll see how that closes. <laughs> now might be the time to place those yeah. bets, Zach. Yep, um, and you know, uh, go ahead. The Texans are getting no credit. Uh, they're giving Cleveland 12 and a half. No credit after that great win for the Texans. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you're picking the, the Texans to cover. Uh, you're locking that one in. Uh, uh, that yeah, one go in Cowboys straight up, Texans to cover. Follow my bet advice at your own risk. Boom. <laughs> yeah, and Patriots only five and a half favorites versus the Jets. I think that's, that's a lock. And w- just like last year, oh my goodness, I was going to say take the under in every Patriots game, but I think Vegas might be catching on this Patriots Jets game under over under is 42 right now. That is so low. <laughs> um, but yeah, some some quick betting advice going into week two. Um, we've got Giants in Washington on Thursday night. So Cowboys fans, something to watch on Thursday that's that's might not be a very good game, but at least it'll mean something. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. A pretty good week two spread. I mean, that's that's the one thing I always love over the NFL over college is that you're getting great matchups every week. You you there's a 100 percent chance. You're going to get some good matchups every week where college is almost a coin toss sometimes. Yep. And every week there's going to be some surprise team. That you're like, is this for real? And then you got to yes. look forward ne- look to next week and say, well, we'll figure it out next week. And the next week there's always some, some new question. Um, got exactly. to love Got any, any, any stat for you, Zach, before we go? Uh, I use, I use mine up. The, uh, the Browns can't win opening games. Um, they'll get to wait 365 days and see if they can break that streak next year. There you go. Yeah, they've got to wait. They've got to wait. They only get one chance a year. That's kind of tough. That's an easy streak to keep going. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Zach. Thank you to everyone listening. Um, that's our week one coverage. We'll be back for week two and more as we continue this NFL season as sports are back. Um, it's a great time. The, the weather's getting cooler and football's back. There's not much more we could ask for. And so thank you yes, for joining sir. me, Zach. Thank you to everyone listening. This is a So Close Yet So Far podcast.